I got a question though. You mentioned as far as when you were in the house with the family and you mentioned how you felt as though you didn't sleep well. I don't know if you shared with us, but do you think it was due to something that you ate or was it truly that, you know, the walls were thinner and it had nothing to do with your diet? Just curious. So there, there, there was bacon. There was bacon that I, I could not resist. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassall, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan. So excited to be back with you for a new season of the Jealous Vegan Podcast. We thought we'd kick off this season with re-examination of who we are as a team. So our original episode aired in the summer of 2018, and here we are heading briskly into the fall of 2020 and want to check in with the team on, are you who you thought you would be at this point? How are things going for you? And do you feel like this plant-based lifestyle is the one that you want to stick with? So I'll, I'll reach out to the, the three original members, April, Lisa, Jindai, and see if your impressions from that first episode hold true. Here we are many, many episodes later. Yes, I'll start by saying sleep has always been super important to me and was the catalyst for why I wanted to try a plant-based diet, and it still is today. I went away last week. And I was in a house with uh, maybe 15 other people, my family, and we were all safe. We all got tested and it was great, but walls were thin and you can hear when someone goes to the bathroom, when they walk up the steps, et cetera, et cetera. So my sleep was interrupted quite a bit on that trip. And I was the first thing I thought about was not the family, but was what did I eat that I'm not sleeping well? What's going on? that I cannot get through one night of sleep uninterrupted. So that just goes back to the fact that that plant-based does work for me in terms of, you know, I'm very greedy with my sleep. Let's just, let's just put it that way. And so the, the motivation to stay plant-based is still the same as it was the very first time we talked about this. That's awesome. You mentioned in that episode that you were working a full-time job as well as running your own business and your situation has changed since then. So I'm curious, how has the adjustment to being a full-time entrepreneur either fueled or hampered your ability to maintain a healthy eating schedule? It's fueled my ability to maintain a healthy eating schedule. So I quit my job. Um, it's been a year and like 10 days now or something like that. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Since I, since I went, went full time. And so now I have multiple verticals in my business. And now that I'm not on the road as much, honestly, because of the pandemic, it's allowed me more time at home to think through meals. And actually, plant being plant-based is one of my content pillars 
for one of my new verticals in my, in my business. So since I share that with the world and it's something that's very important to me, it has become easier to maintain it. I got a question, though. You mentioned as far as when you were in the house with the family and you mentioned how you felt as though you didn't sleep well. I don't know if you shared with us, but do you think it was due to something that you ate or was it truly that, you know, the, the walls were thinner and it had nothing to do with your diet? Just curious. So there, there, there was bacon. <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> so there was bacon that I, I could not resist because I think actually in that first episode we said well, I think someone's was it who beets don't taste like bacon mm-hmm. somebody yeah. yeah. aren't bacon beets aren't bacon and so anytime I'm in, you know around family and bacon is there I have to eat bacon so it could be a mix of the boat you know what I ate and the walls being thin and people just being up and, you know, walking around at all hours of the night. But um, I think it was more so the noise level than anything. Makes sense. Just curious. Good question. April or Lisa, any insights <laughs> from uh, episode one till now? Uh, I think mine is pretty much the same. I, I talked in our first episode about plant-based being an exploration for me. But navigating my own fitness, my own health and wellness. And I it's still that I I feel like my exploration journey has gone on a whole nother whole nother level. I'm like into herbs and studying herbology and doing all of these things. And plant based is still a part of that. I talked about plant based being hard. It's still hard because what I find is that I actually do. I like meat, the smell of it. I like the texture of it. I like being able to, I just like it. I just like it. So it's hard for me to be like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, eat meat on a consistent basis, but I'm still, you know, doing the best I can. And I'm still more plants than not, which was always the goal. Only thing I think that might be different is I talked a little bit about being leery of trying like different foods and like, what if you don't like it? And that kind of thing, which I feel like I'm done with that now. I'm like, put it in there. Let's see what happens. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, then we know for next time. But like, let's just try it out. So I feel like I've grown a lot in my plant-based journey. I like where I'm going with it. And it's still good. You also have had a major life change since that first episode. You were a single lady. Now you're a married woman. Yes. How do you think that's hampered or fueled your ability uh, to make this a more permanent part of your life. Plant-based, not your husband. Make plant-based <laughs> a more permanent part of your life. <laughs> that was a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I think... One thing I will say is, like, when we first got married, I, like, with anybody, that was an adjustment. So feeling the pressure of cooking trying to get us both on the same page, making sure, you know, are you eating too many plants? Do you like eating this much plants? Do you want meat? Do you not want meat? Like that was a whole dance in itself, but I think it, it would have been no matter what, just because you're now living with this other person and you have them in your space and you know, you want to make sure that they're getting what they need too. But honestly, my husband's super flexible He calls me on my stuff, which I think has probably been helpful because he's like, I thought you said plants this week. 
that's not what I see you about to eat. Or like if I want to eat cheese or dairy or something like that, he's like, your face, don't do it. Or like, aren't you not supposed to have dairy? So <laughs> I didn't have that before. Where like, if I'm like, I want some ice cream, there's nobody to check me. And he's like, well, I'm watching. Accountability. Yes. Cheerleader. I yeah, that's awesome. A cheerleader, Lawrence. I don't know. Yep, accountability. It's more like a ref. It's more like a referee. Flag <laughs> <laughs> on the play. Flag on the play. Yes. Yeah. Well, one thing you've mentioned in previous episodes is how he is very structured. And if you guys make a plan and you say this is the menu for the week, He's really good about executing towards that, whereas you're more interested in satisfying your feelings at the moment. And so I would imagine that, you know, he is kind of being a referee, but also just keeps the train on the tracks, which I would imagine is is a good support system. Yeah. It, you know, it's about the balance. I am very off the rails. I finally got into a place where I'm like, you know what? That is my personality and I am going to go with it and I'm going to stop trying to like be this structured person that I'm not. So I stopped making the menus. I'm like, I don't know what we're having today. I also adopted this rule recently where like in the beginning, what I would try to do is go grocery shopping, you know, and especially with COVID, you try to go to the grocery store, get a bunch of stuff. And I just decided that doesn't work for me because I don't, on Monday, I don't know what I want on Friday. And I don't want to tell him that we're having this on Friday and on Friday, I don't want it. So we adopted a different system where we actually live across the street from the grocery store. So pretty much every day or every other day, I'll just run in and grab one or two things, make dinner. And tomorrow we kind of do it again, just because I could not commit myself to that. And uh, like I said, he's really flexible. So he's like, if that doesn't work for you, don't do it. It's, it's fine. So it's been a journey and we're we're still figuring it out but overall good overall really good and still on course i would say even though i don't know that i have a destestination i'm just <laughs> how i live my life that's exactly. typical lisa exactly. yeah that's awesome just stay on the path <laughs> very yeah. european is very Euro- Euro- european uh, european that's okay yeah i couldn't say the word yeah, yeah european so april we're down to you <laughs> Uh, my life is irrecognizable from that first episode we recorded. I was getting divorced then and remarried now. I lived in the city then, Washington, D.C. proper. I now live 40 miles outside of D.C. I was struggling then with plant-based adoption, although recognizing that I had to for my biology. That's still true, but I have... Since marrying a diehard carnivore, even more so, I've been experimenting and learning that a lot of what needed to change about my relationship with food was my attitude and giving myself grace that I didn't have to have all the answers. But if I could let it be a creative process, then I could enjoy it much, much more. And so I'm playing in that space of I really enjoy it now. And if I don't want to cook, I don't cook. And if I don't, you know. Still plant-based. I think I do occasionally still have fish, which was true in the first episode, but it's much more rare now as I am developing my cooking skills. You, you guys remember, I was the person who was like, I don't cook, I prepare, okay? And that was great when I lived in the city and I had access to food, uh, plant-based foods all around me. It's a little bit different now that we're distributed under COVID to be more careful about planning and more careful about meals. I am similar to Lisa in that I'm 
it's harder for me to make a schedule and stick to a schedule that I'm going to want to abide by three days later or five days later. I'm a little bit more structured, but not quite like Jen, you are very structured or Jendi, how you are. So I'm learning to plan that space and I'm loading up on cookbooks and Lisa and I are trading books on herbs and all the different things. I also was a health coach then, health and life coach in that first episode. I've since transitioned to confidence coaching, which feels more in integrity with who I am. My hair's longer, a bunch of things have changed, but at core, the same needs are there to raise the dialogue about plants. And specifically, I feel like I'm feeling more often, especially for people who will be hostile to the idea of eating plants because it's not what they know, because it's not what they've been eating. I'm very much so still zealous for people to change how they think about plants and plant food, plant-based food. And at the same time, a little bit jealous. It's easy to slap a steak in a pan. That's pretty easy. I know how to do that well and add some broccoli and some potatoes. Easy. How do you make a butternut squash pasta that still has a good dose of plant-based protein? Everybody's worried about getting their protein. How do you do that? Well, that required with some integrity that actually tastes good and people want to eat. Well, that takes more of a creative effort. So I think Playing in that place is, has been really transformative for me, and I like it. I'm enjoying the journey much more than I was then and still maintaining true to being both zealous and jealous for what it is to be plant-based. In the first episode, April, I remember you mentioned that your skin rioted and you went to see a naturopathic doctor. Do you find that if you were to eat a piece of meat now, and maybe you have tested this being married to a carnivore, that your skin is still affected? I haven't tested it. I am actually a little bit nervous. It's been easily a decade, probably more. I don't even know exactly since I had any beef, chicken or pork or turkey, anything that wasn't a fish. And I'm really sensitive to chocolate, I find, which is very tragic because as y'all know, chocolate is practically a food group. So I haven't even tried it, but I will say, because this dovetails into the impetus for creating The Jealous Vegan was that first episode, the origin story audience, if you're listening, in which I mauled that piece of pork chop that my sister had. It was just like, this is awesome. Can't swallow it though. Yeah, I did recently do that with a piece of chicken because I was just like, this chicken smells amazing. Like, awesome. Oh, yeah, no, don't swallow it though. So And I did find that I I made something for my husband when we first married. I think it had turkey and I just tasted it. You know, I was trying to, you're making it to taste and you have to taste it to make sure, okay, did the flavor profile line up? I accidentally swallowed it and was like, felt it immediately in my tummy. It was like a tiny bit, so I didn't break out, but I I still had that real reaction and it wasn't just psychological. It very much so was just like, oh, okay, don't do that again. So I do know that my body is still, still true to what it was then. So I haven't had any motivation to test it. And I know, I remember how sick I used to be when I would eat what was not in alignment with my biology. So I'm consistent. (laughs) (laughs) There's something to be said about dependency, you know, like, like you're dependable, you know, what's going to happen. I was going to actually reference the fact that your life has changed very much the way that both Lisa and Jindy's lives have changed. So not only did you get remarried and physically move, but you also have changed careers since that first episode. 
Uh, do you feel that because you are a full-time entrepreneur, you have the energy or creative mindset to be able to play a little bit more in the kitchen? Or is it something else that's driving that for you? Well, it's funny you ask, because if you'd asked me three weeks ago, I would have said, nope, I don't have the emotional capacity. I'm, I'm at full tilt with two businesses, a new marriage, uh, adjusting to suburban life after more than a decade in the city, I would have said, no, I don't have any capacity. But recently I said to myself, I need to obey my body and my body was calling for rest. And when I did that, it became really clear actually that I come pretty far with both businesses and that I could give myself this break. And it was when I did that, that I started to feel more creatively alive again like and in that sense that prompted me to go and try new things in terms of cooking and I find it's, it's like those things where you think something's going to be harder than it is and then you actually stop thinking it's hard and just start like creating and experimenting and give up like attachment to the outcome of air quote making it work or getting it right and then you find oh it's actually not that hard you ask me now and I'm like oh okay I was plant making some meals. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna follow Jendi's lead. Cause you know what? Jendi is just like a boss. She has like all her schedule laid out. She knows what she's making, right? We all admire that about Jendi. Like she's just very scheduled and very focused. And then I thought to myself, no, because I, I caught myself planning my meals around how big of a pot can I make so I don't have to cook the next three days, right? And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, except I was planning really to hate it. Like I do it just enough to hate it so I could skip some days. And then I, I made the decision. I was like, no, no, I can, and this comes from coaching. Like if, you, if you're in resistance to something, then it's gonna persist. And if you're going to, your attitude, your belief about it is to predict your outcome very much. So of course what I make, I'm gonna be stressed to make something, get something on the table now, make a big enough pot of it so I don't have to cook tomorrow. But that's not in integrity with making a quality meal. And Jen, from your perspective of when you're feeding someone, that's love. I'm not coming from a place of love. I'm trying to get someone a table right now so I can go about my business. <laughs> and when I had that awareness, I was like, no, I'm gonna actually replan to plan only for the next day, plan to cook every day, to do it enough till I have the repertoire and I have the dexterity in the kitchen that I don't feel that I hate it because that's the problem. It's the belief that, it's work for me and I just wanna hurry up and get through it. That's the belief that's keeping me in the feeling of hating it. And then it's just work and then I don't wanna do it and I don't feel good about it. I don't even like the meal I prepared. It doesn't come from a place of love. Like all that I wanted to unearth. I appreciate the fact that you are trying to approach it with this level of authenticity and motivation and why am I really doing this and who am I trying to serve here? Keeping that in mind, but I would also say like, if you read like the four hour work week or the four hour chef, both books, New York Times bestseller books by Tim Ferriss, he talks about the efficiency of batch cooking. And so there's beauty in being able to, to cook enough in one day that you have enough for a couple of days. I appreciate where you're coming from, but I'd say there's nothing wrong with saying, I want to cook enough so that this will carry us through at least another meal or two. Except if you're like, I'm like Lisa in this way that I may make a big old pot <laughs> today <laughs> and I don't want to eat it tomorrow or the next day, even if it was good. Like I just, okay, I don't want that, right? I think it depends on your propensity. Like Jen, you are very much so efficient, right? You're all about efficiency. So make a big enough pot. You can like, you're very good at planning your meals. So let me make the potatoes and this piece and this piece. And then I'll just like, 
create something else new tomorrow. New mix, but same ingredients so that you don't have to start over, right? It's super efficient. For me, I think because I hated cooking so much that that mindset wasn't going to work for me. It was going to just feel like a task. And that's the piece that I needed to, for me personally. So I think it depends on your propensity and where you come from. Because for me, that would feel like a task and that's the whole problem. I don't enjoy it. And cooking is a creative act of love. Why can't I enjoy it? Learn to enjoy it. Not because I'm trying to force myself, but simply because it's a very important skill for anyone to have to nourish yourself. You know what I mean? So I think, yes. And it depends <laughs> on what place you come from and how you choose to play the game. I think that's like one of the things that I always like struggle with because I read a lot of books about, you know, getting your habits together and like organize yourself and like, eh, I really want to be that person, uh, you know, and uh, really up until recently, I'm like, man, I really want to be that person. But I think like April's saying, you also have to be real with yourself. I don't want to eat the same thing over again. I do not eat leftovers. I have not eaten leftovers since I was a kid. It used to drive my mom nuts. So I don't know why I thought cooking food and leaving it in the fridge for three days was like ever going to work for me. <laughs> like it only ensures that my husband eats. I don't even want it after. Honestly, after a day, there are very few things that I will eat leftover. And so like sometimes when I read books like that and they talk about batching things and, you know, doing things in a strategic way to like to pull it out. I'm like, yeah, but that's not that's not my personality. And I've just gotten to a place where I'm like, that's also not a part of myself that I want to change. I like that I'm shoes off, go with the flow, figure it out. Like, I like that part of myself. I don't want to change it. I don't want to. So until now, I need to just develop another way <laughs> to, to do the thing that I want to do that works for me. There's a piece, Jen, I think that's really interesting about the dovetails into what you just said. And that um, I, I was watching this documentary that was referred to me. I'm trying to think of what it was now. I think it's called Kiss the Ground on Netflix. And we've reviewed a bunch of documentaries while we were, you know, in our time together as a team. And one thing that always comes up is you get a farmer on there and he's like, you know, he shows you the egg yolk and his egg yolk is like super yellow. And the one that they get from the supermarket is like kind of sallow looking. <laughs> right? And he talks about the difference. This bird was allowed to free range and they had this kind of blah, 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 and it just shows the difference in the food. Right. And then yes. part of the reason, too, for what part, a really compelling reason for being plant based or vegan is because animals. But in this country, it very much so are the way that our agricultural system is faster, cheaper, repeatable, which I find makes me crazy. But I breed that ethos and have for a really, really, really long time. So I think just to piggyback on all that and say, I think that that's where I kind of maybe I even have some resistance to a big batch pot of things because of that too just energetically so even though it's not an animal you want it to be fresh i wanted to not feel rushed or forced or too efficient <laughs> if, that's, if that's crazy they sound crazy but i don't i don't want it to be too efficient i get it i mean i think it's a balance i mean there's some things and i think we all can agree uh, when it comes to certain meals, uh, soups, beans, those type of things, those definitely you make in large batches. And, and they're better over time. Yes, exactly. So you get what I'm saying. So there are other things that, and 
Jen and I, we go back and forth on this as far as uh, preparing salads. Like I'm a huge proponent about chopping the things up like as soon right before we eat them. I don't like to pre pre prep <laughs> earlier in the day because the integrity of the food changes. Green leaves and and the cut on you know tomatoes or certain vegetables will bruise. So I get it. It's balance. So I'm hearing you guys and I, I love it. I'm glad to be back. So Lawrence, you weren't part of our original recording, but we're so glad that you've joined us. What would you say is different about your life now and your plant-based journey than it was in 2018? Yeah, definitely. Going into, it was part of a, a pre sort of task for us to listen to the episode so that we could just kind of recall and recap what we said. Obviously you guys said and it was strange because I, I I feel so part of the team, but yet when I'm hearing the discussion, I'm waiting for you know my part to come in or just to recap, but obviously it didn't exist. But one thing that I noticed, Jen and everybody else in the group, is that I was very, I don't want to say shocked, I was a bit relieved because I was expecting that the beginning of The Jealous Vegan, the four of you, that you would have very different responses that you would have when I came in, which was probably mid of the, was that the second year maybe? But you guys were were right on point as you are today, as you were before. And that speaks to you guys being resolved and, and knowing who you are and what you wanted. And I remember when you guys interviewed me and April asked, it was either April, either you, Jennifer, uh, you asked, well, what is your why? In different episodes, you guys would always ask that again, what is your why? And I thought to myself, you know, why, why do they keep asking that? But I get it now. I get that the why really drives why you do things, not to be redundant, but it makes you secure on retaining and, and doing what you know to be what you want to do when you know your why. So like I said, when I heard that episode and I thought about myself, as far as when you guys interviewed me before I came on, my diet hasn't changed much at all. Uh, again, it's due to the fact that I know my why. I'm a free-spirited person, similar to uh, Lisa and Jindy, as far as if I'm going to eat something, I'm, I'm going to eat it. And so I'm like that when it comes to more so dairy and sugar, but not when it comes to, with exception of fish, uh, animal flesh. It's like I, I really don't care to eat it. I haven't had chicken and beef and pork in years. But, you know, the fish, I, I do dabble in fish from time to time. But my diet has, I've maintained sort of the same uh, mantra that I've always had. I want, I'm going to eat it. But fortunately, just educating myself and and seeing the benefits of being plant based, it has really propelled me to continue on that route. And another thing that I, I really appreciate a year or two later after joining the team, there's more discussion with my friends and family. Um, I think I shared in one of the episodes where, you know, my mother is contacting. My mother is just Southern Belle, just fried chicken and pork chops and onions and liver, just all of that. But she sees the benefit. And so that is so motivating for me because uh, we suffer some of the same ailments just genetically. And the fact that she keeps me motivated and, you know, my sister and my brother, they're all sort of like, you know, Mike is or Lawrence rather, I did it again. Lawrence is, <laughs> you know, doing this plant-based thing. Why does he do it? He looks great. I'm actually one of the older siblings, but in my opinion, I feel like I look younger than they do. I feel as though it's due to my lifestyle. 
Uh-oh. So. They might, do they listen to the podcast? I know. <laughs> that's when I said it. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, I know, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's good that your motivation has been consistent throughout and you felt pretty comfortable maintaining and you continue to see the benefits and results of, of what you're doing. I actually feel like I connected most to Jindai in that first episode because she said, I don't know what I am. And unlike how I felt then, now I would say, yeah, I've not been kind to me in 2020. I won't say that 2020 has been unkind to me. I've not been kind to me. And so I feel a little bit of an identity crisis in terms of, of food and, and also lacking in that that creativity and, and happiness and cooking and enjoying exploring things on menus, which I think most people are are struggling with at this point just because of the restrictions related to COVID. But to Lawrence's point, I think reexamining my why and, and, and remembering and recalling all of the good things that come from consuming plants far more so than, than animals or, or anything that I know that I'm allergic to, which is really my struggle right now. It's more my resistance to align to my biology. Like, no, I don't want to not eat that just because my body told me I shouldn't, which is kind of my whole theme in life. Nobody can tell me what to do. Um, not even me. Not even your body, right, me what exactly. To do. I was going to say, not even your body. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to therapy and work that out. But in the meantime, I'm just, you know, going to eat more plants and have a framework that I know will allow me to do that. I love you, Jen. You're so honest. And I just love it ah, that you just, just put it out there. I love it. I think what's still in integrity with the first episode and, and maybe... Maybe this is the last thing I'll say is we created the Jealous Vegan for what we needed, an honest space to have a dialogue about rejecting the labels and choosing to align to our unique personality, biology, circumstances, lifestyle. It was both it's both a choice and a decision and circumstances. Wait, what is I that mean, not the same thing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Circumstance and choice. Um, circumstance being biology and where you live and these kinds of things, as well as a choice. And I think that's still true. We're choosing to create the Jealous Vegan for what it is that we need. And it turns out we're just grateful that people have come along for the journey. So thank you, audience. And thank you, team. I just love all of y'all. And I'm so grateful to have been a part of the journey. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.